This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Tuesday. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers American Meat delivered right to your front door. Just go to goodranchers.com slash Allie for a discount. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie. All right, guys, today I am going to talk to you about something that is going to be very difficult for our demographic to hear. And by our demographic, I am talking about women ages 25 to 45. That's the that's the majority of people who listen to this podcast. I understand there are people who are younger than that, older than that. There are men who listen to this podcast, but that is the the largest chunk of my podcast audience. And we also happen to be the largest chunk of Target shoppers. And today we are going to talk about the absolutely disgusting disgusting display that Target has currently and will have for Pride Month. I'm not talking about your typical, you know, rainbow shirts and things like that. I am talking about some really, really disturbing clothing items that are being advertised, not just for adults, but also for children. And like, this is it. This is it for me. Maybe I should have stopped shopping at Target a long time ago. I just realized that this shirt that I'm wearing is actually from Target, but from a long time ago. And maybe I should have realized, you know, several, several years back that Target is not a place where I should be shopping. I know a lot of you have not been shopping at Target because of the values that they have been purporting for the past several years. However, it's, you know, it's a weakness of mine. And I think it's a weakness of a lot of yours too, because they have a lot of great home decor. They have very affordable clothing. It's just kind of a fun place to go to spend your afternoon with your children. It's a thing to do. It becomes like kind of a social event. And yet this is it for me. This has to be it for me, because if there are two hills that I will fight on, um, in addition to the fundamental hill, obviously, of the gospel, but two lesser hills that we talk about so much. One of them is abortion, literally a um, literally a matter of life and death. And the other one is this absolutely destructive gender ideology, especially when it targets children. And that's what we're focusing on today in relation to our beloved Target. This is just the final straw for me. I can't, I just cannot, I can't shop there anymore as much as I want to. This is just too much. So let me read you about what is going on. And then we're going to talk about like why this is happening, what's behind this. There is a company that is behind this collaboration. We're going to look at them a little bit more, what other companies they're, they're partnering with. And then we're also going to be reminded of the history of this ideology and why exactly I think it's so damaging. Obviously, you know why from a biblical perspective, because we talked about it so much, but 
physically, tangibly, like the effect that this ideology, that these so-called gender fluid ideas are having on children and why it is so profoundly disturbing that Target is playing a part in this. So this is according to Bustle.com. Of course, they're excited about the partnership that they're writing about. Quote, Target partner with Tomboy X and Humankind, two queer-owned, female-founded brands to create these much-needed lines. Interesting that they are able to actually define and care about female. Uh, the Tomboy X collab, uh, collab features undergarments like compression tops, a comfortable alternative to chest binders, as well as packing underwear. We're going to talk about what these things are. Bras and boy shorts in size small to 4X. Humankind's line, on the other hand, includes various swimsuit styles such as swim trunks, tops, and unisuits. As binders and gender-affirming swimsuits are notoriously difficult to find, particularly in extended sizes, this, uh, this accessible drop will make shopping for everyday garments much, uh, much easier. So, Let's talk about what some of these things are. This is not, by the way, they're talking about this being like a a pride line, but this is supposed to be trans inclusive. So people who believe that they are the opposite sex and want to present themselves as the opposite sex, these garments and in particular undergarments are for that purpose. So I'm going to put some of these items up on the screen if you're watching this on YouTube. If not, I will just describe them to you. Um, All right. So this is this is billed as the Pride Adult Tomboy X compression top. So a compression top, this is a woman who wants to identify as and look like a man, they, or uh, I guess a girl who wants to look like a boy. They don't want their breasts to show. They want to look flat-chested like a boy. And so sometimes these women and girls who want to look like the opposite sex, they will actually bind their breasts. And so they will use um, different tools and material to try to bind their breasts down to their chest and make themselves look as flat as possible. But apparently an alternative to that is super, super tight compression tops that flatten your breasts so you don't actually have to do the physical wrapping. So in addition to just sounding really uncomfortable, any girl who has worn a sports bra that is too tight, you can imagine walking around like this all day is really, it's really hard to breathe like that. It's really hard to move like that. It's really hard to function in a normal way when you are wearing something that doesn't fit you. So I can't imagine that this is actually comfortable. And it's not just that. There are actually side effects. There are actually uh, physical issues and consequences that can come from binding and too tight compression. But first, like, let's just establish this is obvious wickedness, encouraging and commodifying the hatred of and manipulation of the female body is absolutely wicked. It's so ironic in an age where we are telling people to love yourself, to just accept yourself that God made you perfect the way you are. Apparently that excludes your body if your mind is confused. I mean, that's actually hatred. That's actually self-hatred of your body. 
why isn't the loving thing to do to encourage someone to reconcile their mind with their body so they don't try to hide or shame or mutilate their body? Why are we trying to encourage people to reconcile their body with their mind by body mutilation and with shame and with different kinds of tools that actually have physical negative consequences? So best case scenario, I was researching this, if you are binding or tightly compressing your breast because you want to look like a man, you've got rashes, you've got trouble breathing, you've got possible disfigurement of your breast. Worst case scenario, you've got scarring, you've got nerve damage. And so your breast can actually be um, numb when they're not supposed to be numb. You've got uh, the possibility of broken ribs. There is a subreddit called D-Trans. So these are people who have who once transitioned to the opposite sex or, you know, by transition, I mean they tried to present themselves as the opposite sex. Either they just changed their name and their pronouns and what they wore or they actually went through surgery either on top by if they're a woman removing their breasts or complete surgery top and bottom, whether you are male or female, to try to look like the opposite sex. And these are people who typically really regret going through that transition and then detransition to their actual sex later on. And they are very honest about the struggles. They're very honest about just the manipulation and the lack of care that they received during the transition process most of the time. And these are also moms and friends of people who have transitioned, who are trying to get insight and help and camaraderie to try to understand kind of what is going on in the minds of the people that they love who are considering transition. And so I was looking at this subreddit and there are quite a few posts talking about the problems with chest binding and compression. It might seem like something that's harmless or something that's completely reversible and doesn't have consequences, but it actually does. And these are from people who used to do it. These are from people, these complaints are from people who um, have experienced this themselves. And so this is one post on Reddit, quote, I believe that for many people, binding makes existing chest dysphoria worse, not better. So chest dysphoria would be if you are a woman who wants to be a man, you look at your breasts and you feel dysphoric, you feel confused, you feel distressed because of that, because you want to be the opposite sex. And so this person is saying it actually makes it worse. Once you see yourself with a flat chest, it needs to be flatter. It becomes so much more offensive to your senses to see your unbound chest when you've experienced hiding it with a degree of success. And I think that while sometimes painful, the pressure of the binder can become addictive in its own way, self-soothing in the same way as a tight hug or a weighted blanket. I can absolutely see something like that, especially someone who is experiencing psychological distress. distress. Like when you think about a child, one way that you can calm a child is by swaddling them. It is almost like it's almost like that. It's almost like a form of a swaddle for someone who is trying to find comfort in their own body. Gosh, there's so many psychological pieces of this that I just feel like are not being properly dealt with. So um, this poster goes on to say, binding also harms breasts, of course, and when breasts look and feel worse than they did before because of sagging and or texture changes, of course, that's the consequence of binding, uh, that can heighten awareness of them and intensify dysphoria as well. And then once you start binding, it can be difficult to stop for so many reasons. Binding is something that is suggested even to people who have not previously considered medical transition, and I just kind of wish it wasn't such an encouraged option. It's an easy slide for some 
someone questioning to start binding and have an increase in dysphoria because of binding that leads to persisting in a trans identity that may not be right for them and to pursuing medical interventions that may not have they may not have even considered beforehand beforehand. This person says, if I hadn't been able to get myself a binder that people said was a safe option, if I hadn't believed it was a harmless and reversible presentation change, I could just try, I could just, I could just try out to alleviate dysphoria. I think I would still have my breasts and might have made peace with them in other ways. Wow, that's so sad. So binding can actually lead someone to believing that they just need to permanently lop off their breasts. And that's what happened to this person. She regrets it. Even if you can get reconstruction surgery, women who have had double mastectomies because of cancer know this, and you get fake breasts, it's not the same thing. You don't have the same nerve endings. And if you're a young person and you decide one day that you want to have children and you want to breastfeed, well, You can't do that because you've had all of your milk ducts taken out. I mean, this is a permanent change for, in most cases, temporary distress over someone's body. So Target is promoting a device that can hurt the female body, lead to more psychological distress, and encourage women to get a double mastectomy of their healthy breasts. That's what's going on with Target. And there's more here, but first, I just want to pause pause and tell you about our first sponsor for the day. And this sponsor is an awesome company. I just talked to them the other day. They are really, really dedicated to people's health. They're really dedicated to making sure that you are getting um, the proper Uh, the proper multivitamins and in the way that is going to be most effective. More than 240 million Americans take supplements daily in pill form, but they typically don't get the results because these pills just are not dissolving the way that they are supposed to and absorb, they're not absorbed by the body the way that they're supposed to because of all of the different filler and binding and glue ingredients that are in these capsules that are actually bad for your digestion, they can be bad for your body, and they can make it very difficult to actually get the nutrients from these multivitamins that you need, which is exactly why Healthy Cell uses microgel technology to deliver maximum absorption in their multivitamins. It has 165% more absorption than pills. It's without the binding glues and the fillers and the coatings that can irritate the lining of your stomach. It suspends soluble, ultra-absorbable nutrient particles inside a natural gel made of gut-healthy ingredients like soluble fiber, citrus, pectin, acacia gum, and water. It does not contain artificial sweeteners, flavorings, or colorings. It's even non-GMO, gluten-free, and vegetarian. I'm super excited to try it. I like taking a multivitamin, but now knowing what's in it and knowing that it's not as effective as it could be, I'm really excited to try Healthy Gel and I can't wait to tell you guys how I feel once I start taking it. Go to HealthyCell.com slash Allie. Use code Allie for 20% off your first order. It's HealthyCell.com slash Allie. Use code Allie for 20% off your first order. HealthyCell.com slash Allie. 
So this is from another user on the DTrans subreddit that says, quote, I think about people in my past sometimes and I get so angry that they encourage me to mutate my body in order to fit some standard they set. The idea of being happy with their own bodies was so alien to them. I never even wanted to be a guy, but I was told that's what my feelings and my gender meant. I'm so tired of people acting like it's okay to strap down your chest for hours at at any cost. Chest binding is self-harm. You are actually crushing all the structures inside and impeding circulation. I don't honestly believe there is any safe way to bind your chest. My chest is numb and gets sharp nerve pains. And so Target, a clothing, I mean, a a big box store, a, a clothing company is creating or is encouraging young women to bind their chest, to compress their chest in a way that could have very negative long-term consequences. And is Target going to pick up the pieces of the distress that these women are going to feel one day? Are they going to be the ones to pay for their surgeries? Are they going to be the ones who are holding that person as they are looking in the mirror and distressed that their breasts are now disfigured? Of course not. Target doesn't care about that. They're looking to capitalize on this trend. They don't care at all that there could be negative consequences. They don't care at all that they are simultaneously selling shirts that tell you to love yourself and accept yourself the way that you are, and also selling clothing items that are actually a form of self-hatred and self-harm. They don't care. They're making money. That's what this is all about. This is evil. God made your body good. Your breasts are good. If you are a woman, your anatomy is good, no matter what gender you are. It is good to be a boy. It is good to be a girl. It is good to be a man. It is good to be a woman. These things are determined by your DNA at the point of conception. These things are determined by uh, by your biology. Your body tells you who you are. Your mind doesn't get to tell your body who it is. Your body actually tells your mind a big part of who you are. And shame on anyone who places any doubt in your mind about that or makes you feel ashamed of your body or confuses you or, God forbid, confuses a child about what it means to be male or female. Gender dysphoria is real. It's extremely rare, but in actuality, it is it, it is real. Um but widespread confusion that is masquerading as gender dysphoria because of the pervasive propaganda in media and in schools these days, that is also unfortunately real. These people need professional help, as rare as it is these days, but they need help to make their mind be at peace with their body, the body that God gave them, rather than getting so-called help from someone who is telling them to mutilate their body in a vain attempt to make peace with their mind. Like that's what you're hearing from these people who detransitioned. They are saying, why couldn't someone just help me make peace with the body that I had? Why didn't someone tell me to just be grateful for my body? Why did people push me into mutilation and really harmful behavior? Now that's not all Target is selling. Target is also selling packing underwear. So I didn't know what this was, but it is apparently for women who want to wear a prosthetic penis. And I will put the picture of this product up. I'm very just I'm just still very confused. This is again by Tomboy X. This is Pride Adult Tomboy X packing underwear. Very disturbing. Um and then they also have these boy shorts, which funny, funny that they are called boy shorts. Why are they called 
boy shorts. I thought that they could be any gender who wore this stuff. Pride Adult Tomboy X boy shorts. And then the model is obviously a woman who had a double mastectomy because you see the scars and who has been on testosterone. It's very sad. It's just evil, horrendous stuff. And you know, the left likes to say, oh, the right has changed. The right has become so much more radical. Well, empirically, that's just not true. I used to talk about in almost all of my speeches, this 2017 Pew Research study that showed polarization in politics and tracked how Democrats have changed on political and cultural issues since the early 90s and how the right has changed. The reality is, is that the left has moved left on almost every single issue and the right has either stayed the same or moved slightly left on almost every single issue. I mean, think about things like gay marriage. You will not find very many Republicans, especially Republicans in Congress, who would say that they want to defend traditional marriage, especially on the legal level. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, that was a very normal thing for people to believe. That was a normal thing in 2008 for Barack Obama to go to uh, Rick Warren's church in California and to say during his campaign that he believes marriage is defined by male and female, one man and one woman, and he got a roaring applause. That was in 2008. There could never be a Democrat candidate today who could say that he believes in traditional marriage. There really couldn't even be a Republican candidate to run for national office who wouldn't get huge backlash, even from the conservative Republican side, if they campaigned uh, on traditional marriage. So the left has moved to the left. The right has even moved a little bit to the left. And for anyone on the left to say, no, the right, they've gotten radical. They've changed their position. That is absolutely not true. Like, let's think about this. If Target was even doing this five years ago, it just wouldn't have been acceptable. They just wouldn't have done it. 10 years ago, I think people wouldn't have even been able to have the words to understand what is going on here. I mean, the Overton window has shifted so much. It, it just doesn't, it's, it just blows my mind when people want to say that conservatives are the ones who have changed. No, the country has changed by getting much more progressive, much more radically to the left and to our detriment. And look, Target doesn't just have adults or adult clothing. They also have kids clothing. So I'll put some pictures up. This sweet girl was made to wear this t-shirt that says she, her, they, them, he, him, us. Like what? Like kids at this age are still learning proper pronoun usage. They are still learning the differences between male and female. I've said this before, but it is so important, especially for kids to know the difference between male and female and to be able to have the words to say, that's a man, that's a woman, a woman is a she, a man is a he, that's a mister, that's a missus. The reason that's important is one, just for understanding language um, and for understanding context. The world, as you can imagine, is very overwhelming, but especially for a child because everything is new to them. And so the natural part of child development, and you really you don't have to be some kind of pediatric specialist or psychologist to understand that. You can just observe a child and you see this. They are constantly trying to name things. They are constantly trying in those toddler years to categorize things, to put things into context that we do this at this time, or this is when or how or why we do this. This is when we see this person. This is what kind of person this is. This is where this person lives. And 
It's so important for kids to be able to make their world smaller and more comprehensible and understandable. And that includes the category of male and female. I've talked about before how my toddler, really without us even specifically telling her, hey, this is that that's a man, that's a woman. She just knows. She just sees it and she points it out. She loves she loves to observe that. She points, oh, that's a man. That's a woman. That's two women. I mean, that's just something that she does because kids like observing. They like putting things in categories. They like to be able to tell what something is. But look, this is important for a much deeper and more serious reason here. Um, it is important also for cases of um, sexual assault when it comes to children. A child needs to be able to describe the person who victimized them. They need to be able to, at a certain age, define body parts and assign those body parts to a particular gender. This is really important for when a kid um, is describing to a parent or to a caretaker what happened to them, what kind of person hurt you. What did what what did that person say? What did that person look like? Especially if it's, you know, a stranger in a bathroom or something like they need to be able to say, oh, it was a it was a woman. This is what that person looked like. They need to be able to have the language and the understanding to be able to report those kinds of things. And so we are not only just placing Uh, linguistic confusion in children's mind, but we are also taking away all of the categories and the context and the definitions that help them make sense of the world and make sense of who they are. And we are also taking away one safeguard when it comes to reporting of inappropriate behavior towards them by an adult. Like this is all a problem and Target is promoting it. She, her, They, them, he, him, us. What are you even talking about? Like, as we've talked about so many times, gender is not an identity that you get to choose. It's just not. You can think the things that you want to think. You can have the confusion in your head that you want to have. And I think that there should be abundant compassion for you. But gender is something that is. People say gender is a social construct. One of these t-shirts says gender is a social construct and sex is something that you were born with, but that's not accurate. Sex and gender are actually interchangeable. Gender, genetics. Gender is genetic. They got the first three words the same for a reason. Gender is in your DNA from the moment of conception. And from a biblical perspective, we see the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis one twenty-seven. God made them male and female. Male and female, he created them. In his image, we are created male and female. So being made in God's image is to be made male or female. And that means that if someone is denying the reality of the biological categories of male and female, you are denying the reality of being made in God's image. And that means you are denying the essence of humanity itself. This is no question. There's no nuance. There's no complicated aspect here for the Christian. The first chapter, one of the first verses of the Bible makes this very clear. We also see in that first chapter of the Bible that we as humans are not self-identifying creatures. We are not self-creating. We are we don't get to choose who we are by self-declaration, but that God made us and tells us who we are. He doesn't give Adam and Eve the option to choose their gender. He says, this is who you are. I created you this way even before you had any consciousness of your body or your nakedness. He created them male and female. And so because we believe the very first verse of the first chapter 
of the first book of the Bible that God created the heavens and the earth, we submit to his authority. We submit to his creation. He tells us who we are. And before you say anything about, well, what about intersex? Yes, those people are made in the image of God, and they're not not male or female, by the way, and that is not the same thing as transgender. They are also, by the way, an exception to the rule in the same way that a human being that is born with one leg doesn't negate the fact that human beings are bipeds, so intersex people don't negate the gender binary that biologically exists. So all of this that Target is promoting is just chaos and absolute confusion. And then there was this picture. I just thought that this was weird. It's obviously there is an agenda towards the feminization of boys specifically. Um, there is this picture that I'll put up. It says, boys, precious moments, love is love t-shirt. Now, all of the other so-called pride collection t-shirts just say, these are kids shirts or this is, you know, it can be anyone, any gender can wear the shirt. Well, this specifically says that it is a boy's precious moments, love is love t-shirt. Why is it a boy's precious moments t-shirt when it is obviously very feminine? I mean, you've got two girls riding a bike on there. There's a rainbow. It says in pink, love is love. This is obviously supposed to be a very feminine shirt. And Target specifically points out that this is a boy's precious moments t-shirt plus $16.98 for this. Are you kidding me? That is way, way too expensive. And then we've got this other this other picture of this like precious little smiling child. I think the point is that we're not supposed to be able to tell if this is a boy or a girl. This kid has short hair, is I guess presenting like a boy, but also he is wearing, he, she is wearing a skirt. I think the point is that you're not supposed to be able to tell, which that in itself is very disturbing. And this child is wearing a shirt that says trans rights are human rights. This is just so sad. This is so sad. I'm going to get into more of why this is so disturbing for me in the background on all of this in just one second. Let me pause. Let me tell you about our second sponsor for the day, and that is Patriot Mobile. Guys, Patriot Mobile, you know that they are behind the election of a ton of conservative now school board members in Texas. Isn't that incredible? Like they are putting their money in great campaigns, going towards great causes. And that is why we should support them because when we give our money to like the major carriers, they are often turning around and giving your dollars to organizations and causes that are actually working against the things that we hold dear. But Patriot Mobile is the only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They are passionate about free speech and your constitutional rights. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, so you get the same great service, plus the peace of mind that your money is combating the left's attempts to silence you. They've got amazing customer service, 100% U.S.-based customer support. They provide exceptional support. Patriot Mobile shares your value, supports organizations fighting for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, and our veteran and first responder heroes. Go to PatriotMobile.com. Dot com. Get free activation with the offer code Ally. Veterans and first responders save even more. So make the switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash Ally or call 972 Patriot. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Ally. So this is all, as we said, very confusing for kids. This is the power of suggestion, as we've talked about before. The road, this is a road towards depression and distress and body mutilation and sexual confusion that Target is helping put kids down. The power of suggestion is so strong. I saw this 
terrible video from lips of TikTok, this teacher who says that she's a fourth grade teacher. And she said, a lot of my a lot of my students are queer because I am queer. Yeah, that is also why like a such a huge percentage of Generation Z now says they identify as LGBTQ. It's not because oh society has become more accepting so people who genuinely have this identities feel free to come out. It is actually because of the social contagion aspect of this because it has become a trend because they're seeing it on social media because it is suggested to them. Especially for young kids, the power of suggestion is almost irresistible. When you have someone in authority that you are told that you have to please, that you have to obey, that you have to submit to, when that person suggests to a child who is so malleable, who is so immature, who is so emotional and naturally wants to please that, hey, it's a possibility that you might be born in the wrong body. And if you are, we're going to clap for you and celebrate you and read books about other people who share your identity. Yeah, a lot of kids are going to latch on to that. And to anyone who says, oh, no, 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 gender identity in kids and kids believing that they're the opposite gender, that's totally organic. That's totally something that's just happening to all of these kids. Um, it, it's not, it, there's no social contagion here. I mean, you're out of your mind. And I honestly think that there is that there is some predatory aspect to your thinking there. I just do. I know there was a whole debate about like what grooming is and and what's not grooming? I'm sorry, it is. It is It is a form of grooming to try to convince or to suggest to kids that they were born in the wrong body. And it's creepy as heck because you are encouraging kids to think about their to think about their private parts and to think about private parts in general and like what that means about their potential gender and sexual identity. You don't have a role as a teacher to play there. You just don't. And if you are having these conversations um, especially at all, but especially without the informed consent or presence of an adult. Yeah, that's grooming. I'm sorry. It is. That's, that's what it is. You can be offended by that. The Washington Post and the New York Times and Bustle and Huffington Post can all come to your defense and say it's really the right freaking out about this. That's the problem. That is grooming. I don't care. I, I don't care what you say. I'm going to keep calling it that because that's exactly what it is. And again, I want to ask this question. Like, Who's going to help these kids? Who's going to help these kids when they are growing up and they are working through their distress and their confusion and their regret and the physical harm? Is it going to be Target? Is it going to be these clothing brands? Is it going to be the teachers and the psychologists and the hormone doctors pushing this stuff? Is it going to be the politicians pushing this stuff that are going to be there to hold them uh, when they are broken because of the crushing weight of this ideology and the confusion that it causes? No. No, none of those entities are going to care. It's going to be the parents. It's going to be the parents who were told to shut up. It's going to be the parents who were told that if they don't go along with this stuff, their child would kill themselves. Parents who are being bullied, who are being manipulated by that kind of rhetoric. They're being convinced by strangers at gender clinics and activists online that they don't know their child and that only these strangers know their child and they know what's best. And who is picking up the pieces when it's all said and done? The parents. And then the child who is dealing with all of this, who was put on puberty blockers, whose brain and whose body never normally developed. They are, actually, uh, they are actually leaving their mental and physical growth stunted in a variety of ways because of puberty blockers that usually happen because they were suggested some form of confusion before they went through puberty. In a way, the people whose puberty is blocked using hormone blockers stay children forever. They are adolescent in a lot of ways forever. Their brain 
never goes through the proper natural transition into adulthood that puberty puberty affords a person. It's not just physical, it's also mental, what your entire body goes through in puberty. And not only that, but these young people who go on puberty blockers are probably permanently sterile. Tell me, can you really consent when you are 10 years old, when you're going on puberty blockers, to not being able to have children one day when you're 25? Like, is your brain capable of making that decision? No. And again, do the doctors really care if these kids are unable to have children one day? No, it doesn't affect them. They're making unbelievable amounts of money. That's what this is all about. The pharmaceutical companies, these activist organizations, these stores like Target, these entertainment companies are all making so much money by capitalizing on this stuff. And who is left to suffer? Children. Children are always placed on the altar of adults' whims, on adults' desires. They are always, as we always say, the unconsenting subjects of progressive social experiments. And the people conducting the experiments are never the ones who have to deal with the consequences. It's not just lifelong sterility we're talking about when kids are pushed into this kind of stuff. It's not just the surgeries that these teens are undergoing, mastectomies, chemical castration as young as 14 and 15 years old, sometimes without parental consent. It's not just the permanent state of mental juvenility caused by the unnatural blocking of puberty. On top of all of that and more, a lot of these people are never going to be able to experience sexual pleasure. Uh, that's something that you see in the D-Trans Reddit and something that was recently admitted by a person named Dr. Marcy Bowers. This is a man who has identified for um, as a woman for a number of years after he fathered three children. I think he was like 40 years old when he decided he was going to be a woman. Dr. Bowers performs transgender surgeries even on teenagers. Bowers thinks that this is all great. It's He thinks it's an exciting thing, this kind of transition. He's all for it all for puberty blockers for kids. He is extremely influential in this field, but he recently admitted in a, in a talk at Duke that one problem with blocking puberty for boys at Tanner stage two, which is about 11 and a half years old, um, one of the problems is that they will never, Dr. Bowers says, ever experience an orgasm. So listen to what he admits here publicly. Every single child who was, or adolescent who was truly blocked at Tanner stage two is has never experienced orgasm. I mean, it's it's really about zero. These are the, of course, these are just assigned male at birth, so trans, feminine, and it's because they never in their lives are exposed to testosterone. That doesn't change. That doesn't change. So blockers prevent the rise of testosterone, and they don't really go on testosterone at or around surgery or into adulthood. And so. We don't know. They're going to have this sensation. There's no question about that. Um, but are they going to be able to achieve sexual satisfaction? We need to have our eyes open about it. I think it's been beneficial talking about it. Um, I know Joe and many others have, have reported to me, you know, they've, they've, they have looked, they've changed their approach a little bit in their informed consent models and that they're, we're talking about masturbation now. We're talking about, okay, that's a, an area of the body that's got very dysphoric for you, but you know what? It's all a penis is, is just a large clitoris. I mean, let's, we're all, it's all the same material. It really is. So, uh, so, you know, use it for, for, for the pleasurable purposes, partially that it was intended. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, but these are, these are, to be answered questions. So can we avoid puberty and get good adult results? 
And secondly, how do we, it, how, how do we uh, assure someone that they're going to be able to be sexually responsive? Do we remove the blockers during the course of their adolescence and let a little bit of puberty come back? Do we delay it a little bit, maybe into Tanner's three or four, maybe before they have their first orgasms, maybe? So you'll notice an interesting thing, uh, an interesting thing there, an admission that the best thing for kids is actually to reconcile their dysphoric feelings with their body and just live with that part of their body. Now, he's completely wrong when he says that a penis is no different different than a clitoris. That's such a bizarre thing to say, but that's to be expected by people who think that the body is just arbitrary and that it can just be whatever you want it to be and identify however you want it to identify. But it truly is a stunning admission that kids are being robbed of not just normal functioning bodies and all that comes with the natural puberty process, but of the emotional, psychological, and physical benefits of intimacy. Now, some people are celibate their whole lives. All right, that's one thing. But to basically make a kid, make a kid, a child, a minor, a eunuch without his informed consent, that is just unconscionable. And you cannot really, he talks about, Dr. Bowers talks about informed consent here. You can't, the kids can't really give informed consent to this kind of stuff. Even if you list all of the consequences, like all of the possible implications of the procedure that they're about to have long-term, because their frontal lobe isn't developed, the frontal lobe is necessary for being able to see the consequences of something, to be able to see a few steps down the road, um, to be able to see what your actions today could cause in the future. Like young kids just, they literally don't have the capability ability to wrap their minds around that, especially these kids who are distressed and confused and psychologically disturbed anyway. I mean, all kids, all young people are hyper emotional. And that is that's okay. That's a good thing. That's that's part of who they are. But that is also why you see a lot of kids getting caught up in this social contagion, wanting acceptance, wanting to be a part of a community that they find online, thinking that their feelings um, define who they are. In a way, all teenagers kind of are led by their feelings. But in this sense, you have te- teenagers who are led by their feelings into a doctor's office that are then lopping off their penis and their breasts. I mean, that talk about long-term consequences. It is the adult's responsibility, the parent's responsibility, the doctor's responsibility to say, you know what? I have compassion for you. Let me work with you to try to get you to accept your body. That's part of what Dr. Bowers is saying here. And I appreciate that as wrong as I believe that he is philosophically and ideologically and as as much damage as I think he has caused by the treatments and the procedures that he has performed on young people. I'm glad that he is at least caring that these kids aren't going to, these guys, these boys who want to be girls aren't going to be able to experience sexual pleasure and that they are at least reevaluating a little bit how much they push them into surgery, into puberty blockers. You know how we say that kids can't consent to sex because it's true? Therefore, all sexual interaction between an adult and child is rape and sexual assault because the minor just does not have the mental capacity to be able to make an informed decision about that. Yeah, that also applies here. Like, duh. The only reason people want to say it doesn't apply is because it's unpopular to do so and because their mind is warped. And then there are also people with nefarious motivations to try to sexualize children and to say that children do have the capacity to consent to something like this because they also want to say that kids have the capacity to consent to adult child sexual relationships. 
So there's just, no matter how you slice it, it's bad. No matter how you slice it, it's bad. I have no doubt that a lot of people in this industry and parents of these children are really well-meaning and really think that they are doing the right thing. But the fact of the matter is, again, who is left to pick up the pieces of this distress in the long run? It's not these psychologists and these doctors that are pushing this kind of thing. Um, It's so unbelievably damaging individually for people, but also for society as a whole. Mental and moral anarchy, which we, I believe, have in our country now, it creates instability societally. Unstable societies don't last because we can't withstand opposition. We're a city without walls, literally and figuratively. We have no fortitude. We have no courage, no values, nothing that unites us, nothing that holds us together. We are endlessly obsessed with our own identities, and we are so confused about ourselves and the world that you're just not even able to properly function, much less defend the values of your country. We're just confused and limp and dependent and weak. And I've I've got to think that at least from the top, like that's part of what all of this ideology is about. And might I remind you that the Biden administration publicly supports transition, including medical transition for minors. They published an info sheet on um, the Health and Human Services website, which I can link just saying that medical transition Um, for young people is something that is important, that it's, quote, gender-affirming care. And they also lie, and they say that something like puberty blockers is reversible. Puberty blockers are not reversible. They are not reversible. Uh, We just actually heard from a top transgender surgeon that it's not reversible. And then recently, the HHS secretary, Rachel Levine, again, a man who identifies as a woman, uh, said there is no argument among medical professionals about the importance of gender affirming care. If that is true, it's just because the medical professionals who know better are scared of losing their job so they won't say anything. I mean, that's the that's the MO of tyrants, though. That's what they do. And of course, this is all just Orwellian newspeak, gender affirming care that actually changes the appearance of someone's gender. It's that's. It, it's contradiction. It, it's uh, the opposite is obviously true. And that is true of what of, of most of what progressives say when they say something is democratic. It's actually authoritarian and vice versa. When they're talking about women's rights, they're also including men in that. When they're talking about bodily autonomy, they're not talking about the bodily autonomy or the rights of the unborn child. And so almost everything they say is some kind of euphemism that actually means the opposite. And it is certainly true here. Now, the organization that is behind this, before we get into a little bit more of the background and all of this, the organization that seems to be behind this is uh, Fluid, P-H-L-U-I-D. They've got a shirt on the Target website that says gender is a social construct. And the trans rights or human human rights kids shirt also is by Fluid, P-H-L-U-I-D. Um, their website says that they are Get Fluid is the leading resource to corporations of every industry and each size for achieving deep issue awareness, competence, and authentic engagement with our community. Again, euphemism, euphemism, euphemism. Um, we are not a one-size-fits-all model as we create programs unique to your company. We meet you where you are on your journey towards inclusion. Another euphemism that, of course, means that you have to define male and female simply as someone's feelings. And in that case, the people who lose once again, our children and also women who are then forced to share private spaces with men who simply say that they're women. That puts women 
at risk. The companies who are partnering with Get Fluid, they list them on their website, Nike, Macy's, American Express, Uber. Uber also just announced that they are going to pay um, their employees travel expenses to get an abortion. Uh, Mattel, Tapestry, HBO, NRF, Joey, I don't know what some of these are, Accessories Council, Current, Elliot, Accenture, WWD, Equipment, Steve Madden, P&G, Showtime, Time Warner Cable, Primark, Lego, <laughs> Diageo, Smirnoff, Saks Fifth Avenue, Nordstrom, Red Ventures, The Points Guy, Papa John's. We all know Papa John's is just trying to help their PR. Global Atlantic, Omnicom Group. So these are all people who are taking in this kind of extremely deleterious indoctrination from this organization get fluid um all right i want to talk a little bit more just about the behind what what is behind all this and the consequences of it in just one second and again why this is just so evil let me tell you about our last sponsor for the day it's an amazing one it is a way that you can contribute to the light in the midst of all of this darkness and that is pre-born throughout the world the leading cause of death you guys know this is abortion in the u.s murder has become a wholesale business since roe v wade hopefully going to be overturned very soon but in the last 50 years america has killed over 63 million children nearly 25 percent of pregnant mothers do not choose life that is why pre-born and blade Media are partnering to help rescue 50,000 babies from abortion this year. Preborn is the direct competition to Planned Parenthood, the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the United States. A woman is 80% more likely to choose life when she sees her baby on the ultrasound and hears the heartbeat. I mean, that is true informed consent, right? If you say that you're truly pro-choice, like, don't you want the woman to have all of the information possible? Don't you want her to be able to see what is actually about to be aborted? And certainly, if you're pro-life like me, you want the woman to see the humanity of the baby inside the womb. When the mother chooses life, preborn provides maternity and baby clothes, diapers, car seats, counseling, and much more free of charge. Over the past 15 years, preborn centers have counseled over 450,000 women considering abortion. 188,000 babies have been saved. Praise God. So will you help rescue babies' lives? To donate, dial pound 250, say keyword baby. That's pound 250, say keyword baby, or go to preborn.com slash Allie. That's preborn.com slash Allie. So because we've talked about the background of transgender ideology a lot, I won't get into all of it. I can link a previous episode that we did about um, Disney and the dark history of gender grooming. I'll just kind of remind you of the overview of it. You've heard me say this many times if you're a regular listener of Relatable, but just remember who pioneered this idea of gender as something that is independent from sex. It was Dr. John Money. In the mid-1960s, he was a psychologist who had this theory that gender was something that was basically um, just socially constructed, that if you wanted to raise someone with male anatomy as a girl, all you would have to do is present him with girlish feminine things, dress him as a girl, and that he would be just as happy as a girl as he would be raised as a boy. And so he decided to test this out on twin boys 
Um, and in the 1960s, the Reimer twins, and um, there was a boy, David Reimer, who had a botched circumcision after he was born. And so Dr. John Money convinced the parents to raise David Reimer as a girl named Barbara. So cut off his penis, put him on hormones so that he grew breasts later on. And while they were children, while the twins were children, one being raised as a girl, one being raised as a boy, Dr. John Money and other doctors actually brought them into the office and forced them to perform, so disturbing, it's so sad, perform sexual acts on one another. This is the doctor who pioneered transgender ideology and whose finding served as the justification for social and medical transition for children and has for decades. So this sexual abuser, this pedophile who tested this on this young boy, encouraged the parents to raise him as a girl, forced the twins to do sexual things to each other while other doctors watched and took notes. While this boy, David Reimer, ended up growing up, he just knew that something was wrong. He knew that he wasn't a girl. His parents told him the truth. He transitioned back into being a man. He struggled with depression his entire life. He ended up getting married um, and trying to live a normal life, but he ended up committing suicide and so did his brother. Um, This is all well documented. David Reimer, I believe, was on Oprah a couple decades ago, probably 20 years ago at this point. Um, And we can link this story if you want to read it for yourself. But this is literally the origin of transgender ideology. It started with a disastrous experiment by a pedophile. And then there um, there is a history of this kind of gender grooming and this kind of Um, this just strange and disturbing origin when you look at the person who created the transgender flag, which is something that we have talked about um, in the past as well. And Women's Voices did a thread on this. Robert Hogue, who now goes by Monica Helms, was the creator of the flag. And this is someone who has written about uh, publicly in his memoir, He is now, he's considered still like this great transgender activist. He talked about fantasizing, um, about being a little girl wearing a leotard and he has publicly written about stealing women's clothing and wanting to be a six-year-old little girl there is also an aspect of this that is very pornographic that there is uh, this women's voices talks about this that there is this um, just really dark subset of pornography where uh, men they are turned on by the idea of being young girls it's called like an age regression trope it's called sissy porn as well it, guys I like I can't even get into all of this it's so dark and so disturbing there are so many things interconnected here and I just think if more people understood the basis of this ideology first of all you would detach people who really struggle with gender dysphoria from the transgender ideology and the activism that you're seeing and some of the sexual perversion that you're seeing innate in the ideology and you would realize that those two things are separate categories. You would stop lumping them all together and you would have much less tolerance and much less compassion for the predation that you are seeing towards young people. And you will realize that this is an inherently perverse ideology. I don't think that the people, everyone who propagates the ideology or everyone who believes in it and thinks that they are the opposite gender buy into the perverse aspects of it. I don't think that at all. I think most of them were just preyed upon. I think most people who support it think that they are doing the right thing, that they are just being empathetic and inclusive and kind and all of that. But the fact of the matter is the roots of this stuff um, is really perverse. It's really dark. It's really dangerous. And Target is pushing it. 
Target is pushing this kind of stuff. Like, you'll also notice the transgender flag, guys, it's weird that it's baby colors. Let's just acknowledge that. That's freaking weird. Again, I'm not saying that that describes people who call themselves transgender. I just think that there are a lot of different paraphilias. There are a lot of different psychological issues. There are a lot of different forms of perversion that are being lumped in to transgenderism in order to be accepted. And that is dangerous for everyone. That's dangerous for everyone, both in and outside of that movement. I think we need to be very discerning and wise about this. This stuff is not neutral. It's not about inclusion or empathy. Um, it's actually just extremely disturbing. There were two stories that I saw, one for the Daily Signal and then one um, on a substack that is titled Parents with Inconvenient Truth About Trans. And there were two different stories um, about parents. One one parent, one mom was named Maria Martinez. She's an immigrant from El Salvador. She told the story to the Daily Signal about her daughter, Yaley, who struggled with depression because her father was absent while she went to high school in L.A., where one of her friends convinced her that maybe her depression was because she actually was the opposite gender. And so this young girl, 15 years old, she decides, you know what? I am the opposite gender. The high school starts affirming this male identity without telling her mother. And she does. Yaley ends up telling her mother, Maria Martinez, and Maria, who loves her daughter so much, isn't exactly supportive. She doesn't really understand what's going on. Well, the school counselor then decides that Yaley needs to be taken out of the custody of her mother. So she is taken by the Department of Children and Family Services um, and says that, you know, it's too dangerous for this young woman to stay in the home of her mother because she might commit suicide that way. So for years, for three years, Yaley lived away from her family, lived um, in a home with the Department of Children and Family Services. She legally changed her name to Andrew, started taking cross-sex hormones, and Martinez was only allowed to see her daughter for one hour every week. And the mother describes that she was taking these hormones. She still wasn't happy. She changed her name. She changed her clothes. She changed all these things. And she still um, wasn't happy, which is very typical of people who transition. They are still suicidal. They are still depression because they are not. They're still depressed because they are not dealing with the problems that they actually have. And so she identified as a male for three years, and then she committed suicide about six months before her 20th birthday. So guess what? The California state, uh, the state, uh, the state government of California took her out of her home to try to rescue her and to protect her from suicide. She ended up committing suicide. Maria Martinez learned that her daughter had knelt on railroad tracks and raised her hands toward the sky as a train approached. She says she questioned children and family services after her daughter's death, saying, where is my daughter? You took her away from me, my family. Now she's gone. You told me that she was going to be better off. Martinez said that agency had no adequate response. Exactly, because those people don't care. Uh, they did not shed a tear for that girl when she committed suicide. They didn't care when she died. They didn't care about her distress or her depression at all. She was a political prop for them. Who is left to bear the tragedy of this ideology? The children, the kids who are committing suicide because their depression isn't being properly dealt with. They're being treated for a dysphoria that in many cases they don't actually have, and it's not even treatment for dysphoria. And then the parents who are affected by this for the rest of their life, and they are not getting any sympathy from the Biden administration or these progressive governments. And then you've got this substack, the saga of SAGE, talks about this poor grandmother, these grandparents who had adopted their grandchild, become her parents when she was just 
two years old, same kind of story. She got to high school. She was depressed. She started identifying um, as a boy. The school found out that the grandparents were not supportive of this new gender identity. So she was taken from their custody, put into a group home. Then she was sex trafficked at the age of 15. The mom slash grandmother was not allowed by the state of Maryland to see her until a court date. She was then investigated for abuse, for calling her granddaughter she her pronouns and by her original name sage grandparents um were charged with the abuse and then sage was put in a boy's home where she was then abused again and then something else happens Quote, after an investigation by both Maryland and Virginia DSS, the abuse charges were determined to be unfounded, but Sage was not allowed to come home. There was a political and gender agenda for a Maryland public defender uh, with clearly no knowledge of trauma caused by sexual exploitation of a child who was kind of using Sage as his prop. She says a typical 14-year-old is already emotionally mature and struggles with many issues. And then Sage had uh, additional issues on top of that. And then this trauma of being sex trafficked, she was even more vulnerable. And her grandparents, the only people that really cared about her, weren't even allowed to have access to her. And then she runs away from this boy's home where she was abused. Um, To my horror... So this has, she ran away again, and this time she ended up in Texas. Quote, to my horror, the Maryland marshal found that Sage had been sent from Maryland to Dallas, Texas. And on January 24th, 2022, the Texas marshal, through the grace of God, found her in a locked room where once again she had been abused by her predator. He had used her for pornography, sold her body for money, starved her, beat her, and drugged her. It was a true miracle she was found. So many children are never found, but her exploitation would never have happened in the first place if not for the intervention of the state of Maryland. Now Sage is in a residential therapeutic facility for the next one to two years, depending on how well she responds to the program. She will struggle with these consequences for the rest of her life. She is only 15 years old. She spent her 15th birthday, October 20th, in Maryland, and I was not even allowed to visit her. I cried all day that day. So this is what's happening. This is what's happening. There is a nefarious network of organizations and corporations and state governments and the progressive federal government and all of these entities that are pharmaceutical companies, all that are working together to indoctrinate children with this kind of ideology, send them on a destructive path that makes them money, that makes them feel like they are being inclusive and virtuous, and it is destroying people's lives. It's destroying families because that's what, guess what? That's what we always say. Progressivism destroys. Progressive ideology destroys. It just tears apart. It just deconstructs. It doesn't have the ability. It's not in its nature to build anything back that is good. All of these euphemisms about inclusion and tolerance, they are actually just weapons in order to destroy people's lives because it really goes back to the denial of Genesis 1. It really goes back to the denial of, of God's authority. It goes back to the denial of creation and the creation order. Progressivism, another thing we always say, always gets human nature wrong. And there are consequences to getting human nature wrong. And Target, Target is playing a part in all of this. It couldn't be more wicked. It really couldn't. The only thing is wicked that I can really think about is supporting something like sex trafficking or supporting something like abortion, which in a way Like these companies are supporting the sex trafficking that is so pervasive when it comes to the predation in these communities, especially online. 
And all of these, all of these corporations have the audacity to turn around and wave their finger at you about issues of social and racial justice. Give me a break. This goes back to what we say, like the solution to all of this. It's so hard. It's so hard to to not shop at Target and not shop at Amazon. Amazon is also paying for the abortions. Tesla is paying for the abortions of their employees. Um, it's so hard not to support these companies, but it is possible. Man, I'm really going to try. It is really hard not to just like get on my Amazon app and order something quickly when I need it. I know it feels like we're never going to have anywhere to shop, and I'm not saying it's feasible every single time to resist shopping at these places and supporting these places, but I do think localization and trying to depend on one another and to try to depend on ourselves rather than these entities is a solution to all of this and to try to just pray for the strength to not support the money that is going into these dark ideologies. As for Target, someone did tell me, I took a screenshot of this message, someone told me that um, she decided that she was going to call um, that she was going to call Target Corporate. She said that she spoke to someone and reported the items and she took everything down in that she wrote everything down and she gave me an email address to email too. So that's a that's a possibility. If that's something that we want to do, if we want to call Target Corporate, maybe it's not going to make a difference in that they're not going to take it down. Like remember, Target also took Abigail Schreier's book about all of this down, Irreversible Damage, where she looks at the facts at the studies that show that this really is a social contagion, especially for young girls, they took that down because one random Twitter user said that it hurt their feelings. And so I do think that it could be worth, it could be worth at least calling them or emailing them and saying, hey, you are a part of a destructive predatory ideology that is hurting families and hurting children. They're not going to agree with you, but at least you're making your voice hurt. I mean, it can't hurt. And so that's a possibility. We can raise a respectful ruckus here for a thing that matters. That's what I'm trying to do with this episode is just inform you and let us just remember in all of this, as I remind you often, that God is totally and completely sovereign and that the church, if we have any job is to be a beacon for the gospel, which means being so clear on some of the core tenets of our faith, which we find in the first chapter of the Bible that God made us male and female. God is love, First John 1, 9, and that God who is love necessarily must, because he embodies love, do everything that he does and say everything that he says out of love, and that God who is love says that he made us male and female and that our bodies are good. They're a part of our identity. We will actually be resurrected in our bodies, and it's not going to be, it's not going to match the gender identity that you believe that you have in your head. It's going to match the body that God gave you here on earth. Um, and so the body matters. Um, Jesus obviously came as a man in the flesh. God cares about the body. He doesn't want body mutilation. I think that it breaks his heart. We should have compassion towards people experiencing these things, but not, not um, without holding fast to what is good and right and true. All right, that's all I got for you today. I know that was long and kind of hefty, but I think it's so important that we realize what's going on here. I will be back here tomorrow.